0: Let's begin in Matthew 22. What I want to talk about this morning is God's call or the call of God. And whenever you say that, it's just the way it is. Everyone has what they believe that means, you know, the call of God, you know, the call of God to be a pastor, the call of God to be a missionary and what have you. And, of course, that's used in that fashion. But I want to actually show you some verses and and look at something. Now, there's a verse, I'm not even sure where it is, Says that he, meaning the Lord, has called you out of darkness into his marvelous or into his wonderful light. So initially, the call of God goes out to all men, to everyone in the world. And the call is to come to Him. The call is, if you want life, you come to Christ. He gives you life. So that is more or less, I guess you could call it, the general call of God to all men to salvation. And with that call that goes out to all men, you have varying responses to that, or you have, in in many instances, no response to that and so that call as far as men in general is concerned is never answered and that which could have come out from that call in their life never comes to pass they, they have no idea where they could have gone and I, I personally believe that there are people in a lot of professions, especially the ones that where people are making a lot of money, doctors and maybe even attorneys and so on, a lot of business people, who at one point the call came to them for repentance, and they passed it by. And their focus in life, their entire being is given over to business or some worldly pursuit, whatever it may be. But for you and I, we have responded to the call initially, and we've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, in Luke 5, it says, Jesus said this, I came not to call. That word call is 2564 in the Strongs. It's kaleo, I believe you pronounce it. He says, I have not come to call the righteous but the sinners to repentance. And one of the meanings of that, or um, one of the thoughts, maybe you should say, one of the thoughts there, metaphorically, the word means, uh, of course, if you take the word call, call today, if I would say God called you, people would say, where's my phone? You know, that's the mentality today. Or I didn't hear him. Was he in the next room? This person called me, that person called me. And that's the general meaning of the word. But when you're using it now related to the gospel and the heart of God toward man, metaphorically, it's talking about an invitation. So there was an invitation for you personally to salvation. So whenever you heard the words of the gospel, whenever I heard the words of the gospel, there was a point now at which I'm at a a place of decision. The invitation was given by the Lord, the call, to salvation. Now, I could respond to that, you could respond to that, or, or you could not. So we know that you responded to that call. That was an invitation to life, an invitation for you. Now, in Matthew 22... This is dealing with the parable of the wedding feast. And you know uh, this parable. When the guest, one of the guests came in, he didn't have a garment and so on. So they bound him and they took him out. Verse 14 is what I want to show you here. For many are called. Many are invited. See, they were invited to the marriage. See, you are invited. The call goes out. The invitation goes out. You're invited. Many are called. Many are invited. But few are chosen or few are selected or few, it may be easier to understand it if I say this, few respond to the invitation. So let's say I invite you over to my home for Thanksgiving or for Christmas or whatever. That's the invitation. Now, of course, this is not... It's kind of a bad example, I guess. But you could respond to the invitation or you can decline the invitation. It's the same with salvation. Exactly the same. The invitation is given. So many are invited. Many are called. But few really respond to this invitation and go in that direction and walk with the Lord and so on. Few respond. Now, in... Exodus, turn to Exodus a minute. Exodus 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, so many... Many are called. There's an invitation here. It's not written, but there's an invitation. And behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside. So here he responds to what he sees. There's a response. There's an invitation by the the angel of the Lord or the Lord. And there's a response. The Lord is looking for a response in heart here, just as he is looking for a response in heart today from you and I. So he turns aside to see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Or, because of what goes on here with Moses, he turns aside. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him. See, that's the call. Now, what we normally would think as the call of God, we think, well, you know, the Lord has to appear to us, or we have to hear this voice that shakes us to the core, and, oh, the Lord just called me to the mission field. Now I know. Well, that's not what happened here with Moses. The Lord saw this response here to move in this direction to see why this bush did not burn. And the Lord, Lord saw something in his heart. He responds, and now the Lord calls him. So the call of God may not be what you think it is. Well, the Lord has never called me. Well, first he called you to salvation as we looked. But the Lord has not called me to anything. Well, don't be so sure, because we're going to look at what the Lord has called you to... And normally, as I said before, when we relate to the call of God, we believe and we think that that's related to being called to an office or to be called to some particular work. And that's true. It can be true. But remember, the call is an invitation, and the invitation must be responded to. So let me put it this way to you. The Lord may say to you through whatever means, I want you to teach a class downstairs. So you say, well, I don't know if that's the call of God because I, I didn't get all, you know, oh, shaken. I, I wasn't shaking. I didn't get any goosebumps. You know, someone just asked me to teach. See, an invitation was given. Now is there a response? So, like I said, the call of God is not necessarily what we believe it is sometimes. Now, this is a verse from Galatians 1 6. Paul says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. He says, I- I'm amazed that you are removed from that call so quickly. And A person said, has God really called me to teach? They said that one time. Has God really called me to teach? Well, I believe they were looking for some outward thing or some confirmation that they were looking for in their mind rather than just moving forward to do what God had put before you to do. And so the call of God, for example, for my life, I didn't hear anything per se as far as I want you to teach. Someone came up to me and said, I would like you to teach. And it was the last thing that I wanted to do. And because they were my elder, I believed that they were hearing from the Lord. And in my heart, I knew the struggle. And I said, Lord, this must be from you. This must be from you because of what's going on in me. I believe that. And so I stepped forward to do that. And then that I believe now looking at that, that that was the beginning of the response to answer the call. And then that leads to something else. You know, teach over here, do this. Teach a Bible study, a home Bible study. Uh, teach at the Balk Mill Center. You know, and so these different things started to come my way. And so now the call is there, you see. We might not even recognize it as the call, but as you start to respond to these different things, in your heart now there becomes, even if it's difficult and there is this you know, thing you have to overcome, still in your heart there is the witness of the Spirit that this is what you are to do. You might not want to do it. You might think about it and say, I'm not doing it. But see, in my heart, I knew that God was challenging me and that this was what he wanted me to do. So now that thing, because I responded in various areas, that morphed, you know, and it continued on. And then at one point... When the Bible school first started, I, wanted to, I was in one of the classes there, and the teacher got sick after I, sent, I think it was the second or third class. They got sick, and I thought they were going to cancel the class. And then Jake called me and says, I want you to teach in the Bible school. So this call may not be what you think. It's a response from your heart. Many are invited But few will pay the price and respond to the Lord in certain things. Few. There will be some, but few. So in Hebrews 11. So in the life of Abraham, I was looking at this. In the life of Abraham, it does not say that God called him in the sense of You know, what Paul says is the call of God. Uh, You you see, the Lord says to Abraham, get out from your country. I'll make a great nation of you. So he does that. And then then you see this dealing with Lot. And, you know, he goes out and rescues Lot. And then you see Melchizedek, you know, certain dealings. And all, all along, when you're watching this, reading it, you see the heart of Abraham, and the Lord's like watching his heart, watching his response, uh, and seeing where maybe he lacks, but yet there is this faith toward God in what he's, you know, what he's doing as far as his progression. And, and then you see that the Lord comes to him and makes a covenant, and then you see um, him sacrificing or going, going to sacrifice by faith his son Isaac. But throughout that, you don't really see the word, the call of God. All you see is communication from the Lord to Abraham. Why does the Lord communicate to you? Why does he do that? To show you what to do. Well, yeah, that's right. True, true. But but why does he do that? What is he after in the communication? You know, speaking to your heart, showing you a direction, speaking to you from your word. Why does he do that? See, because he's interested in this relationship between you and him, and he's interested in your heart. What's going on in your heart? So the Lord will bring about certain circumstances in your life to show you what's in your heart, and show you how, if you respond, He can change you. And throughout all the communication that you will find as a Christian, there is an invitation that is being given by the Lord. So as you respond to Him in one thing, you know, well, this is what the Lord's showing me. This, okay. As you respond to that, then you are actually responding to the call of God in your life. He may not use the word call, but in the communication, this is the direction he's moving. He's moving you in the way he wants for you, for your life. So in Hebrews 11, verse 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed. When he was called, or when he was invited, to go out from the place uh, which he would receive for an inheritance. So the call, the word "call" there means to can mean to call out loud, or it can mean to invite. And in my experience, I haven't heard the Lord call out loud much, a few times, but I do recognize certain points at which, at which there was this invitation for me personally, as there is for you in your life. Now, Paul, and this is, remember the verse that says, Paul was called to be an apostle. That really means he was urgently invited to be in this position. Now, do you think Paul could have um, said no to the call to be an apostle? Could he have turned that down? Of course he could have. Just like we can turn down the call of God to us, the invitation uh, to us. So I I wanted to get this word here, and this meaning I got, I don't remember which It was from uh, Thayer's, or I think it was Loanita because usually a lot of the, the meanings and definitions that it really have some substance are there. But this is what it said for this. This is 2564 uh, in the, the Strong's accordance, the word kaleo. It says to the word call. He was called to be an apostle, your call, uh, whatever that may be. It says to urgently invite someone to accept responsibilities. I thought this was so good. Because that's why sometimes there's not the response, because Christians do not want responsibilities. Do you know that God has made you? I'll finish the definition in a minute here. Do you know that God has made us, all of us, with the potential to handle a lot of responsibility? That's how he's made you. You can handle responsibility, maybe not certain things right now, but you are made to be able to, in his time, shoulder certain things. But sometimes, as I say, a person can see a little bit in front of them, and they can see where this is going, and they don't want to shoulder the responsibility. Well, that's to their own detriment. So this this word here, called, means to urgently invite someone to accept responsibilities for a particular task implying a new relationship to the one who does the calling. Now you're seeing something else with this word, so that whenever there is a response from us to that call or what he's saying, now that brings us into a closer relationship with him. It has to. So if in my life personally... If I do not respond to the saying, the the words, to the call, however you want to say that, as soon as I make up my mind or determine in my heart that I'm not going to do whatever, I'm not going to go that way, or I talk myself out of it, however, then the relationship that the Lord wants there through that is hindered. So the closeness that we have with the Lord many, many times is dependent upon our response to Him. Remember, the Lord is always there for you, and He always has His hand open to you. But the problem is that many times we don't necessarily want what is in the Lord's hand because of whatever it may be, however we may relate to that, and and we can't see past that. And so the invitation is placed there, but the Lord does not always get the response that He's looking for. Now, it's really nice, what is really nice, and it is really nice, when you see a person who has been responding time and time again. To the Lord. So they may have had a difficult time of it, let's say. The Lord asked them to do a particular thing. And they struggle and they struggle. And the struggle might be for a long, long time. But eventually, that which the Lord has there, they will be able to shoulder that because they're obedient to the Lord and there's a response. So they'll be able to shoulder a particular thing, and and when that occurs, you have this closeness now, or as it says, the the Lord, draw nigh unto the Lord, he will draw nigh unto you. He draws near to you, and and you're in the yoke, and, and he is there on the other side of the yoke, and the yoke is not going to crush you, you see. You think... It may crush you, but it's not going to crush you if you're in the yoke with the Lord, because He has great strength, and I, I believe He wants the obedience there, to walk with Him. In this yoke, Him shouldering the majority of the weight, the responsibility. But that you know, there's there's things that He rolls over onto you, and now that becomes something now that you must walk with and you will feel it and you will eventually, if you continue on in that, you will eventually become, I don't want to say used to it, but you will function in it. You might like it, you might not, that's beside the point, but you'll be able to some degree to function in it the way the Lord intends. So that can never take place unless there's a response and a continual response to the invitation or the call. So, you know, the Lord is really, really gracious, and He is very, very, very helpful. So much so that we will be amazed at times that how gracious He is to us personally to help us when there is no help for us but him now in 1st Thessalonians 1st Thessalonians 2 this verse shows us our responsibility or one of our responsibilities you know, the responsibility that the Lord gives us in certain things is not, it's not that difficult, it's not that hard. Uh, if, we're, if we look to Him and we trust Him, we'll be fine. In verse 12 of chapter 2, let me go back to verse 11. As you know how we exhorted and comfort and charged every one of you, as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you. So here I want to point out, it, it says here to walk worthy of this call or the one who calls you. And so now what, what's being brought into the picture here is your life, your manner of living is a better way to say it. Your manner of living is linked together here with this call. So if you respond to the call, then there must be in your life, in my life, a certain manner of living. We must live a certain way. We must turn away from the world. We must turn away from sin Uh, We must turn to him. We must leave certain things behind. We must uh, leave certain friends behind. When I first came to the Lord, I had uh, two good friends that I grew up with. We did everything together throughout grade school, high school, and so on. And when I responded to the call, now I knew that the Lord was doing something here. I didn't know what it was. All I knew was that I was blind, and now I see. You know, the Lord opened my eyes. He saved me. Uh, I, I sensed the presence of the Lord in my life, and I knew there was a difference. So I could not go with them to the places that I used to go with them, to the bars and wherever. And so I had to leave them behind. So my manner of living changed, not because I... I said, well, I'm going to change. It's because of the Spirit of the Lord and His hand upon my life, and I could see that this is the way I should go. And so you might have to leave certain things, whatever it may be. And then, you you know, your manner of living changes, and you're walking differently. The people that you're around, you know, are not the same people any longer. You don't do what you used to do. So... He says here that you would walk worthy of God who hath called you. It doesn't necessarily mean that God's going to force you to do that. You must choose to do that. As I said, there's always an invitation and a response. Now, in, I'll, I'll just read this because we're running out of time. 1 Peter 1, 15. As he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct. So, see, the Lord who is holy has called you, the call has come out from the heart of the Lord, the heart of God to you. So he is holy, and then it says here, you also be holy in all your conduct. So there is a responsibility there that is to be present. So, you know, there there have been a lot of people who have had the call of God on their life. And even some who have responded for a time. But see, you cannot continue uh, to move in this way to fulfill a certain calling if your manner of living doesn't line up. It, It just will not work. You will not get anywhere. You know, as a matter of fact, If you turn to sin, then you will never even see that. It will be almost like camouflage, you know, in the woods. You're not going to see it. You're not going to see the the call. You're not going to hear the call. You're not going to see the direction. It's just going to be gone. It's funny how, you know, sometimes when people leave the church, when, when they're in the church, they see certain things, and it's obvious to them, and they testify to it. But then when they leave, it's almost as though that's gone, it dissipates. They don't see it, they don't agree with it, they're seeing something else. And, and that which the Lord has put in front of them now, that there should have been a response to, there cannot be a response to that now because they can't even see it, if that makes sense to you. Now, I remember, this is kind of a little bit on the side, I remember some, a woman some years ago, her and her husband came sat like the fourth pew here, and after the service, I, I talked to her and her husband, and she said that she had been hunting for a church like this for 25 years. She says I've been looking for a church like this for 25 years, and her husband never came back. Maybe it was going to cost them. I know it was going to cost them something. I have an idea what it was going to cost them. And they, I guess they weren't willing to, to do that. They're going to go somewhere else to, to find uh, the church, whatever, whatever they're looking for. So there must be a response to the Lord in these things. Now, in Romans 1 see, I might have to skip this. Let's go to Romans 8. We don't have time. Very familiar verse. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose or um, those who are invited according to his purpose. I looked this word purpose up. Does anybody know what the Greek word is? Prothesis? (laughs) That's what the word purpose is. That's the word, you know, the prosthetic that we use. We steal that word from the Greek. We are called or invited according to His purpose. And this means, this word uh, prothesis here, purpose, means a setting forth of a thing. In other words, the Lord puts something in view. What's He putting in view? He's putting in view His purpose, His will, His direction. You know, all of that for you to see. So that when you move toward that or you respond toward the call, the invitation... That, that what you're going to find out now is that there is more there than you even thought or could, could, could have dreamt that the Lord has there in this purpose. And you discover that as you continue on in your response to the Lord. So, to them that are called or invited according to His purpose what He purposed in advance, what He's placing in view for you to see. The Lord does this. He'll put something there and you'll see it. Now, seeing it is different than responding to it. So you can see it. The Lord can open it. The Lord can show you it. You can even maybe start to see some of the little details of it, but that's going to stay there for a short period of time until either you respond to it or you do not respond to it. So if you respond to it, then you're going to see something else because it will start to open up and it will start to move out and you'll start to see things there that you didn't see initially when you put that in front of you. So the, the prothesis is there. It's right in front of you, the view, you know, the extension of it. Now you're going to go... And you get into that, then the Lord starts to, you know, do what he's going to do. Now, here's another verse from Second Timothy. You don't have to turn, turn there. Second Timothy 1, nine. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose or uh, consistent with his own purpose. So the call of God is linked together with his purpose. It's not separate, it's linked together. So the call comes forth, but there's a purpose behind that. So you and I are to respond to the invitation, the call, and when we do that, then the purpose will be seen to some degree and we can move toward that and fulfill certain things that we would never be able to fulfill apart from the response of the Lord, response from our heart, responding to Him. So, let's continue on. So, we, who are called according to His purpose, verse 29. For whom He did foreknow, so He foreknew, uh, he also predestined or he predetermined that you would be conformed to the image of his son. That you would be conformed to the image of his son. So, so one of the purposes or one of the calls, as it says here in these verses, is to be conformed. That, that's a call for everyone. That's a call to every Christian Everyone who has responded to Jesus Christ and has been born from above, born again, birthed into the kingdom. This is a call that comes out from the Lord or an invitation. See, see, when you put that word there, it, it gives it a different meaning there. It's the invitation for you to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Well, how is that going to happen? How are you going to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? Well, through your response in this particular thing, and then the next thing that comes down the road from the Lord, you respond to that. And throughout these responses to him, the invitation, the invitation, the invitation, you respond, you respond, respond, and he does the work. He conforms you to the image of Christ. It's not that hard. All you need to do is respond to the Lord and what you know. You might not know much, but you respond to what you know. Oh, I don't know anything. Well, that's fine. You know, read your Bible, come to church, spend some time before the Lord, spend a little time praying, uh, and you'll learn. You'll learn. Now, you can't say, well, I'm not learning anything, if you're gonna, and you won't if you're going to say, well, I'm not going to come to church, I'm going to go to the bar. And it's not going to work that way. Or I'm going to go to the football game every week. It's not going to work. So there are certain responses that will open up another view of his purpose for you. Another verse in 1 Corinthians, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ. So you are called unto fellowship. You're called to this closeness. The Lord calls every Christian to this closeness. Now, how does that occur? It only occurs when there is a response from the individual. As, the, as a person responds to the individual, you will draw. Um, uh, what did I say? Did I say that wrong? As the person responds to the Lord, the individual responds to the Lord. As that occurs, there will be a fellowship with the Lord. So if. If you ever have had tried to have fellowship with someone who was out of the will of God and you knew it, it's almost like it's like you just there's like a clash there, not that you want that it's just that it doesn't you know sink like like gears in a transmission they have to sink they have to go like this, you know that's how they work so if someone you're talking to someone, and they're following the Lord, and uh, they've turned from sin, and they know what the Lord wants them to do in in their life at this particular time. And when you're talking to him, if you're in the right place with the Lord, then it's like this: you know, the gears are meshing. But if someone is not, it's like <laughs> it's like you know it, and, and there's not the fellowship there th- that is to be. Is that's what it says in. In 1 John 1, is it 7 or 9? One of those two. And then in Galatians, it says, you have been called unto liberty. Now, let's go to Ephesians. No, let's not go to Ephesians. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. I'll read some verses from Ephesians. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul, I, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. See, so the Lord's call comes out from, from His name, not from Him. And we are to walk worthy of that. And as I said before, this, is, this means a lifestyle change occurs. We are to walk in a certain way. And we don't do the same things we did before. You know, be holy as I am holy, the Lord says. So there has to be this change. And he says, walk worthy of that call. That call is a precious thing because not all people hear it and respond to it. But those who do respond to it, that's a precious thing in your life, this call. Walk worthy of it. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 7. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. And the, the word holiness there means purity, means consecrate your life, it means sanctify. And it's dealing with and talking about sanctifying your heart and your life. There's a separation unto God that is to occur in our lives. We're separated unto him. So we're not the old person that we used to be. And, you know, every once in a while, I get a flashback from when I was younger. And this may sound really ridiculous to some of you, but there's certain things the Lord shows me. And I, I remember this. And sometimes we need to remember for at least a few minutes where the Lord has brought us from. And I remember there was a... Uh, a bar out in South Hills that my friends and I used to go to. And I remember vividly sitting down there with a pitcher of beer and the peanuts. You know, you break the peanuts, throw them shells on the floor. And there was always a lot of people there. And we, we would frequent that place a lot. And the Lord brings that back to my mind to show me what He's done because He cut that thing off almost like a, like a finger, boom, gone, done. Never had a desire, and at one point, that's all we would do. We'd go out there all the time. Never had a desire to go there. Never had a desire to go anywhere like that, ever. And that's been many years for me now. So there was a change that the Lord did in my life. And he brought me out of darkness into His marvelous light. Marvelous light. First Thessalonians 2, verse 12. Now, we looked at this before, but we only looked at the first part of the verse. That you would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto His kingdom and glory. So He has called you unto His kingdom and glory. And unto glory, which, which is meaning his glory placed in you to some degree. It's an Amazing thing he does. Amazing thing. As you walk on, this is a process that takes place. Nobody sees it. Just like when the disciples were with Jesus and they went up to the Mount of Transfiguration, they looked at Jesus. They saw Jesus as a man in the body. They could touch him. But when he was transfigured, the veil of the flesh there for a moment was removed and the glory of God that was in him emanated. And they saw that. And Paul talks about that um, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be in you. So the Lord is in the process of putting his glory in you. But see... Your manner of living must be correct and your responses to him must be correct. You must respond to him as you walk in this Christian life here so that all these things the Lord says in his word that he wants to do, he can do in your life You know, because you make it possible because of your will. Um, 1 Peter, you don't have to turn there, 1 Peter 5.10 that the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. I remember when I first became a Christian, there were certain songs that I had heard, and I thought the glory was meaning heaven, the glory. You know, um, There's a new name written down in glory, meaning in heaven, and it's mine, it's all mine. And all these other songs, a lot of the, um, the, old, uh, the old-time gospel songs, a lot of them had this, this thought of glory meaning heaven, like a, s- a synonymous term. But that's <laughs> not meaning that. The glory he's talking about, you've been called unto glory, is the glory of God is going to be placed in you. See, that's, that's uh, quite something. So you're called to that. You're called to the process that makes that real, that will accomplish that. And then in, in 2 Thessalonians 2.14, it says, Where, whereunto he called you by our gospel, listen to this, to the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. To obtain it. Not to see it, but to obtain it. Oh, that's... That's quite a calling, and it's quite possible. And actually, if you've been serving the Lord for some time now, he's he's done a lot in your life, and that's probably, you probably cannot see that. You cannot see. uh, You may sense that there is such a difference in you now than there was 15 or 20 years ago, uh, but you might not really know. But some of that is the glory of God that He's placed in your heart, in your life. Uh, And then in Hebrews, it talks about an eternal inheritance or eternal possession, I believe, meaning him. him, He becomes our reward, Jesus. So in let's just look in Philippians. We have to close, I'm not quite finished yet, but that's okay. Philippians 3. Verse 14, I press toward the goal or the mark for the prize of the high calling or the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. So Paul saw this upward call. See, the call uh, is upward, and that's not necessarily meaning heaven. It's meaning upward so that you ascend to a higher place of living with him. Or you could say that you have a, a greater or a closer relationship with him. That's an, an upward, I mean, you have to continue on. If you're going to draw closer and closer to the Lord, that's like an upward call here, you see, that you must respond. You can't just you know, walk up yourself. You have, you have to respond to the sayings, to the call, to whatever, uh, to continue in this place, to continue to progress. Now, back up to verse 10, Paul says this, and Paul was a Christian, Paul was writing, he was an apostle, he was a father of the faith, he's writing to all these churches, he established all these churches, he went on these missionary trips and, and what have you. But then he says, "...that I might know him," meaning Jesus." See, he says that I might know him, and then a few verses later he talks about uh, this upward call. So they're linked together, you see. Because the call in our life, responded to in our life, will help us to know him more and more and more and more. And I believe that that's what he wants for you. And that's what he wants for me, to know him more and more and more. And so he has called you, and he's placed you on the path. He's placed you on this highway of holiness, so that now, you being there and walking there, he can bring to you now all these different things, and he can bring all this different fulfillment in your life, all this different fruit in your life that he wants because you have responded to him in his call, because of your your response to him. And he will, and he does, do the work. And it's a wondrous work.